33 minutes past the hour, Texas Standard Time. I'm David Brown. As we come to you on this Monday, we are in the middle of a critical period for NASA's first spacecraft built to explore the deep interior of the Red Planet. After a journey of some 300 million miles, the InSight robotic lander is due to touch down on Mars this afternoon in a complex ballet of parachutes unfolding wings and retro rockets. If all goes well... The InSight lander will spend about 24 months trying to get answers about Mars formation. But what of that never-ending question about life on Mars, the stuff of science fiction fantasies and earthbound fixation? Well, after five years of debate over where to target a mission for signs of life, we have a decision. Tim Gouge is postdoctoral fellow with the University of Texas at Austin's Jackson School of Geosciences, and he's been studying possible landing sites, as I understand it. Uh, Dr. Gouge, welcome to Texas Standard. Thanks for having me. All right. So we are not talking about the mission that the newscasts are going to be focusing on tonight so much. We're talking about what happens next, the Mars 2020? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a really exciting time for a Mars exploration mission landing today. Uh, new mission, the landing site just announced last week. So uh, lots of exciting exploration going on. What is the uh, what, what is the lucky site? Right. So it's a site that I've been working on for the past several years. It's called Jezero Crater. It's about a 45-kilometer diameter impact crater uh, that formed when a meteorite hit the surface uh, over 3.5 billion years ago. And we think uh, what's most exciting about it is that it once held a lake and has a large uh, deposit that's like a river delta. So think of the Mississippi River Delta. uh, And so sediment that's being delivered into a lake by a river flowing into the basin. Was there water on Mars? Is it assumed that there there was water on Mars by the basis of the uh, the, the way this uh, crater is shaped or, or sediment or rock? Yeah, so we use our, our understanding of geologic processes on Earth and how they form and shape the landscape okay. to say that we know that over three and a half billion years ago, there was flowing liquid water on the surface. Okay. We actually know there's a lot of water on the surface of Mars now. It's just locked up as ice in large polar caps, um, but... We want to know about the transition, about how it goes from liquid water to solid ice. Okay. So it's believed, presumably, that where there's water, there might have been life or there might be life? Uh, Mostly have been. Um, Water, liquid water, is one of the major requirements for life as we know it. And so if there was liquid water, which we really think there was, it's a good uh, chance to go look for whether life might have evolved if the conditions were right. How do we know what we're looking for here? Because obviously, uh, you know, you're nodding your head that this is kind of the question. We presume that water is essential for life as we know it, and you've been saying that. But what might such life look like? Yeah, so that's a fantastic question, and that's sort of the question that is driving a lot of the science the rover is doing. We can use early Earth as an analog, and so that's sort of how we can think about these problems. Very early on in Earth's history, so about the same time period when life was just getting going, we have very simple single-cell organisms, and so we can look for evidence of life like that. And we look for how it's preserved in the rock record, and so uh, types of chemistry that are very indicative of past life and uh, life processes that we'll be looking for both on the ground and also when we return samples, because that's one of the really exciting bits of this mission is that it's the first in a series of missions to hopefully return samples to Earth 
where we can subject them to any number of really detailed analytical capabilities in labs here on Earth. May I ask, why here and say not one of the poles where we know that there's frozen water, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, where the poles now where it's um, the, we have the water on the surface is very inhospitable. So we don't think it's an environment where life would be able to survive today. But if you go back over three and a half billion years to the time period when this lake was active, we think that represented a much more habitable environment. So life would likely survive there. It's a different question from whether life evolved. And so we don't think this modern surface is habitable, but we do think the ancient surface would have been. I understand that you were an advocate for this crater. Right. So you, you feel a little vindication here? Or uh, that's a great question. Um, I think the way I think about it is the site is as interesting as it has always been. And so what I've tried to do is show other people the interesting science that's available at that site. So I didn't necessarily do anything to make the site more interesting. I just tried to tell the story and, and show others how interesting it is. And so it is certainly very satisfying to see that work pay off. Um, and it's very exciting. It will be exciting to explore it. A little professorial modesty, it sounds like <laughs> to me. Tim Gouge is a postdoctoral fellow and soon-to-be assistant professor with the University of Texas at Austin's Jackson School of Geosciences. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.